Welcome to Purpose Inc., the podcast where we discuss corporate purpose and stakeholder capitalism. I'm your host, Michael Young. Okay, so what is something that we all use every day but never really think about or talk about? You guessed it, toilets. And seriously, who's even passionate about toilets or wants to think about them? Well, my guest today, Kim Warsham, is very passionate about toilets. In fact, Kim is a social entrepreneur and the founder of Flush. And Flush is a women-owned firm focused on WASH, W-A-S-H, water, sanitation, and hygiene. And Flush does sanitation, education, advocacy, and consulting to help build greater awareness, public awareness for sanitation, develop advocacy initiatives, and enhance the professionalism in institutions working in sanitation. Kim has worked all over the world for uh, NGOs focused on safe drinking water in places like India and Kenya and Ghana and Cambodia. Uh, She's even taught math in Rwanda. And we got into a very fascinating conversation about um, the social, economic, racial, and gender equity issues surrounding access to toilets in communities from Africa and India to right here in the good old U.S. of A. And yes, let us not forget that right here in major cities and in uh, rural communities, there is a lack of clean water and sanitation, and people are being marginalized and made more vulnerable as the result. And so Kim really spends her time and uh, her vast energy, as you will hear from this uh, episode, working to improve outcomes and figuring out how to help internal stakeholders at organizations and their supporters in, implement solutions uh, in the in the space of uh, water and sanitation. And appropriately, I spoke to Kim on World Toilet Day, which is November 19th, uh, in case you're wondering. Um, so without further ado, my incredible and fun conversation with Kim Warsham of Flush. Kim, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for inviting me. Yeah. So, uh, a big day today. It is World Toilet Day. It today. is November nineteenth. Right. And so, what? Uh, so, let's get into it. What's happening on World Toilet Day, and why do we need to continue to talk and think about? sanitation and toilets and clean water and all of that? Yeah, it's a big question now. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so World Toilet Day is, well, the goal of World Toilet Day is really to educate people and have them celebrate toilets in general. I mean, sanitation is such a critical part to a healthy, thriving society. And the UN, um, a while back, decided that World Toilet Day should be a holiday, as it is. And every day, every year at nine, on the 19th of November is when we all gather around and tell our toilet stories. 
Um, really what ends up happening normally um, is the water and sanitation sector that I'm in. We tend to just put out a whole lot of 50 page reports, uh, which is unfortunate. I'm not, I'm not of that school. So today I've been, well, I have a kid's class that I'm teaching after this, so that'll be fun. Um, where I'm like helping kids learn how to like design toilets and draw toilets and talk about why they made toilets the way they did. Um, and what I'm also did, what I did this morning actually, so there's a company called the Toilet Board Coalition. So they work with like Kimberly Clark and Unilever and all of those big uh, toilet paper, toilet, um, you know, accoutrement category, you know, consumables. Um, so they put together a an event this morning where I was on the panel and I was talking about, um, well, basically equity. So talking about how the, the leadership in the sanitation sector should be, uh, should have more gender equality, but also more equity, um, in, in inclusion beyond gender. So that's what I did today. Um, yeah. And sanitation is really important. People don't know this, but I mean, one in four people in the world don't have access to safe toilets. Um, and also, I can't remember the exact number right now, but you know, a couple million people in the world or billion people in the world don't have good access to clean drinking water. Um, and it's interesting, you know, it's kind of the sad sister to a lot of other development sectors. And it's a bummer because if you don't have good access to clean drinking water and safe access to toilets, it's really the center of, of how to make everyone healthy and happy in society. So things start breaking down. Um, like you have, you know, if people are getting diarrheal diseases, um, they won't go to school. Kids won't be able to go to school or people can't go to work and make money. Or if you're a woman and you have menstruation and there's nothing to accommodate you at your school or your place of work, you can't go and you're losing out on all of the benefits of having education and the ability to make money. Um, so it's really, I think of it as kind of the center of the universe um, when, when I think about, you know, making the world a better place. That's such an awesome way to think about the toilet as something that is just really central to our daily lives. We take for granted incredibly and of, of all the things where inequity is built in, right? Mm -hmm. Right there. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about the parts of, you mentioned teaching. Talk a little more about the the consulting work that you do with Flush, talk about education, talk about kind of where you fit into the whole um, social impact ecosystem, if you would. Just kind of give us a broader survey of your work and, and, a, and maybe a little bit of your background because you've kind of been there, done that all over the world. So I'd like to hear some, you know, some frontline stories as well. Sure. Um, gosh, where do I start? So um, I'll start with the stuff that I work on right now. So what I do with Flush, so I, I have some contracts as an independent contractor as well with groups like the World Bank and USAID, which is the U.S. government arm of providing international aid. Um, so I do work with them, but with Flush, you know, it's a new company, but what we're, what we're doing is really thinking about the internal management structures and systems um, for running water and sanitation uh, operations. So a lot of the world of water and sanitation 
is really heavily engineers. It's a lot of engineers. It's a lot of people in the world of nonprofits, um, maybe some public health experts, not a lot of people with a business background or, or know how to run systems in a, in a good way. Maybe not necessarily always the, the most people people, um, if you will. So one of the things that Flush is really trying to look at is saying, you know, you can put in all these flashy technologies and think about, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of the machinery to, to make clean water and safe toilets work out. Uh, we're not so focused on that because it's a people's issue. So if you really don't have systems in place to manage people well, as in your consumers, your customers, your beneficiaries, but also the people who are doing the work on a day-to-day basis, really the system's not going to work well. And when we're talking about, you know, financial viability of these kinds of projects, they're not going to do um, do that well, which is something that is definitely a pain point right now in the water and sanitation sector in general. So what we're trying to focus on is, well, how can we fix some of the internal structures? Can we fix, uh, first of all, can we talk about your data systems? How are you assessing performance on a regular basis? basis? Do you actually assess performance on a regular basis? Oftentimes the answer is no. Um, So figuring out, well, what does that look like? How can you build that system in to really help drive change in a way that's going beyond just kind of plunking in a toilet and checking the box and saying, we did it. So, So that's part of what we're trying to do. What we're also trying to do is help the sector change the story. So while we're going in and trying to fix their systems, trying to help sanitation change the story, because right now a lot of it is you know, talking about the womp womps, like, oh, like so many people don't have access. That's so sad. Yes, we really need your help. And and really that story um, really wears people out. You know, if you're talking to the general public, it's really hard to get people's interest and keep it with that kind of story. So really helping organizations think about, well, how do you communicate this well? Who are you trying to communicate it to? Um, also, there's only so many times I can read a technical paper, which is something my sector is really big on, is writing these like 50-page technical papers with statistics and words like, you know, enteric, intestinal disease, which is really fun, of course. But, um, you know, there's only so many times you can read that and actually feel like you're you're getting something out of it. So we're trying to fix that storyline and ultimately, with ultimate goal, of really helping the organizations in the sector unlock finance by really having better built systems internally. Um, And we also do this education for the public where we're trying to get people to destigmatize conversations around sanitation by making it fun to learn about and making it not scary, not taboo and gross. Like we don't talk about uh, poo very much. We talk really about the toilets and the culture of toilets and and how it works in different parts of the world and stuff like that. And I feel like there's something that I didn't get to answer um, that you wanted to know. Oh, you wanted to know my my background a little bit. Well, uh, the short and sweet of it is my background is, is very much a winding loop. It's not a straight line. I worked in you know, I worked for the Bloomberg administration in New York City for a little bit. I worked as a math teacher in Rwanda for a little bit. I did some uh, consulting work in healthcare, um, but sanitation's always been my passion. It's just hard sometimes, I think, to get to your passion um, for to pay you money. And one of the big things that um, really kind of made made me sealed the deal for me in wanting to get into sanitation. Uh, when I was teaching math in Rwanda for a little bit in 2012, we had um, a typhoid outbreak at the school. So these are young women, 18 and older, and there was a typhoid outbreak. And we found out partly it was because uh, the, the women 
didn't understand how to use the flushing toilets at the school. You know, they, they understood how to use squat toilets, but we had these flushing toilets with water in it. Um, so some of them were using the waste baskets instead, which means if someone brings typhoid in from, say, a community elsewhere, pees in a bin and a mosquito gets to it, that can spread like wildfire. And so to me, it really sealed the deal. And we had to close the school down for a bit just to kind of make sure that we could manage the typhoid. A lot of the women were sick um, and we couldn't teach women how how to kind of improve their professional skills at all. Um, so that's really kind of the thing that emboldened me. And then, you know, moving forward, really saying, well, my background is business. My background is really about stories and data and really kind of using those to drive impact um, and looking at the sector that I'm in, water and sanitation now, and, and seeing that that's kind of a broken system, that it's just not done very well. So really wanting to you know, provide myself as um, a catalyst to to try to drive that change, and really hoping that it uh, changes the story and also just makes it so that the social impact stories are more compelling, but also getting to the right people. Yeah, yeah, and 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 bring and and bringing in lots of relevant partners to the mm -hmm. to the discussion. I, you know, we are doing our prep call. I, I kind of, you know, we're talking a bit about how taboos, you know, we talked mm -hmm. about taboos and, you know, I have young children and believe me, we've had plenty of poop talk and potty talk and <laughs> toilet sure. talk in this house, right? It just comes with it. But then you think about, and, and you know, as, as adults, then we're somewhat squeamish about this, or at, at least we, we want to just kind of push it out of our minds. And mm -hmm. I like, and I think, you know, the, what you know what you've talked about in terms of equity is is really important and it's not just a developing world issue that was the other thing that i have in my notes when we talked is like this is here today mm -hmm. right in the mm -hmm. us there are places where water and sanitation are not up to the standards we would want correct oh absolutely there's actually um someone just wrote um published a book about the issues in the U.S. by a woman named Catherine Flowers, um, and it's a book called Waste, and it, I think it came out today. Um, but I mean, the point is, we absolutely have an issue in the U.S. It's really not a low-income country issue, water and sanitation. It's a low-resourced area issue. Um, so when we look at who in the in the country doesn't have good access, it's often people of color. Often they're in low-income areas. A lot of them are actually in urban areas in low-income parts of urban areas um, where they don't have access to plumbing, where they don't necessarily have reliable sanitation that works. Maybe their septic tank breaks if they're in more of a rural area. They did a study um, a couple years ago and found one third of Alabama County had hookworm. And a lot of people think of hookworm as, you know, this thing that's only really in Africa, right? Like that's kind of the general stereotype. But no, it's it's a low resourced area issue when you have a broken sanitation system and people's, you know, raw sewage is going out into their fields or is getting into, you know, their waterways and they're interacting with it. And, you know, and, and then we think in the US, it's also about the houselessness issues we have where people who are houseless, if there are no public toilets in a region, you better believe that they're going to open defecate. You know, they're going to go shit outside because they don't have anywhere else to go, even though we all shit every day. We all have to mm -hmm. do this. Um, they're going to have to find a way to do it. And it's usually going to be 
in an undignified way outside because they don't have any other options. Um, and that's a really big public health issue. Like we're in right now, we're in COVID pandemic lockdown still. And, you know, I'm always like, yeah, but like the next pandemic could be a hepatitis A outbreak. This has already happened in California a couple of years ago as well, where they had a hepatitis A outbreak because houses people didn't have access to toilets. Someone had hepatitis A, they opened defecated somewhere and it spread like wildfire. You know, it's a public health issue. We, we have these diseases in our bodies that we're processing. Mm. And if you don't have a good way to safely maintain it, it's going to get out and it's going to interact with people, you know? So it's it's a big issue. And, and I really wish people would realize it's it's something in their backyard that they have to think about. Yeah, well, um, yeah, famously, San Francisco has a poop map mm-hmm. uh, for the for that very reason, due to mm-hmm. houselessness. Um, they're not the only city now with that. They're not the only, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I think it's, um, yeah, well, I do think we've gone a long way toward criminalizing poverty and that is unfortunate rather than dealing with root causes and coming up with solutions. So talk about what are the, what are the easy things that organizations, uh, that cities or communities can do? What are the harder things that are out of reach and how should, how should change agents be thinking about that and reacting to this issue? It's a good question. Um, I think one of the biggest things that would help, especially in urban places, is really getting advocacy um, wrangled, or, or I'm trying to think of a better word, but or having people advocate in groups to their local council people to really put in budgets and figure out public access to toilets. It's like the first step. Um, is It's a really good step, too. I mean, having... or a lot of cities don't want to put money into public toilets because they think of it as a kind of a money pit because they it just costs a lot of money to maintain the toilets, to make sure they're clean and safe, um, and to, you know, empty them and put them in the right place. There's a, a public toilet in New York City in Bryant Park that's managed by the Bryant Park Foundation. And I mean, it, it costs them, I think, upwards of $400,000 every year just to manage the toilets. Um, so it, it costs money there are ways that we can fix that. So we could make toilets, uh, public toilets, um, have like a sliding scale of pay. There's some really cool models in India where they have, you know, cafes attached to public toilets so that it kind of offsets the costs of running the public toilets. I think that's really cool. Um, so there's ways to be innovative about how we finance public toilets that could really help solve some of our, our key big issues that are um, that go beyond the home. And then when it comes to like household sanitation issues, um, you know, I hate to get political, but the Green New Deal, it sounds pretty promising if they include access to refurbishing or not access, but if they include finance and resources to refurbishing some of our old decaying sewer systems, putting in new sewer systems in places where they should have them and they didn't put them in 100 years ago because no one lived there at the time, um, that's a big deal. And again, a lot of it's money and a lot of it is political will. Who really wants to have a wastewater plant you know, named after them aside from Jamie Oliver? Um, I'm sorry, John Oliver, but the, <laughs> right. it's like the only people that wants that. But that that's really, you know, it's so quintessential and 
the systems we're using now are really 150 years old because when we put them in the 1880s in a lot of the big urban cities in the U.S., that's those are the things we're using still. Um, and we really need to put in that advocacy to really push um, politicians and push you know government agencies to understand that this is really something that people are willing to put money into, but also then getting people to realize that they should put money or they want to put their money into it is like a another thing that we have to do is really educate investors, educate citizens about how important it is for them to really rally again uh, rally um, rally for this cause. Yeah, I'm gonna steal the march of a guest I'll have on after you, uh, Pamela Rucker, who said something to me about race is, it isn't that we don't know what's right. The question is, why don't we care? Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of, you know, as you were talking about will, right? Mm -hmm. The political will, We it's not that we don't have the money. It's not that we don't have the resources. It's simply that you know, we don't have the political will and it's not a priority. So how do we change that? How do, how, how, how do we, you're, you're doing it clearly. Um, but how, what else do we need to do? Who else do we need to talk to and educate about this topic to get movement? How do you think about that? Well, um, you know, the way I think about it is we have to make we have to make it fun and entertaining. You know, that's, hmm. that's how we have to, you can really get people to change their behavior and change their mindset with fun. I mean, we've seen this across history in a lot of ways. We've seen it with, I mean, Live Aid was an entertainment venue specifically to increase awareness about AIDS, you know, I mean, and look at where we are now where we're talking about, you know, a disease where we might actually get a vaccine for it in the not so far away future. Um, there, there are ways to really kind of drive that interest and get people to realize, you know, their celebrity backing. I think right now, Matt Damon's the only person that talks about water and sanitation hmm. in the celebrity world. And, and that's great. Um, but, you know, maybe he should have some friends that, that talk about it with him. One of the things I, I worry, you know, the, the downer of how humans function is it seems like we really need catastrophe to, to put a light under our ass sometimes and get us to do stuff about it. And I'm really hoping that we don't get to a position where the only way we'll be able to respond is because we have a public health outbreak, uh, like another one um, that's actually diarrheal diseases like typhoid or hepatitis, you know, that are that are really damaging, that are really problematic. Um, so I think about entertainment quite a lot. I think about really bringing in, you know, more celebrity interest. I think that really helps get people curious. They've done it really well in India. So the India's... Um, government has, has worked with Bollywood over there and they've put, a, put, I think there's two or three movies now about sanitation, menstrual hygiene and toilets and different things that have done really well. Um, and they're fun. I've actually seen both of them and they're delightful and there's music and you can sing to Dance it. Dance routines? Dance routines. Oh, okay, it's, I'm it's in. It's wonderful, yeah. I'm in. <laughs> Just say dance routine, Bollywood dance routine. I'm in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Totally. Uh, yeah. That's a really interesting perspective about making it fun and, and destigmatizing and removing taboos. And I think that is, I just always think about Americans' puritanical roots and mm. how we won't talk about, you know, defecation, menstruation, mm -hmm. 
any any bodily function is just as off limits. So I'm glad we're talking about it here. Yeah. I really am. I really we am. We poo every day and women bleed every month. So How it's about it? not that rare. Welcome to the world. Exactly. It's a it's a, it's a regular thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for joining me on the podcast today and talking about this issue and I have to say I was not it was not on my radar right like most people it would you know i think about it but but the way you talk about it i think is really refreshing and eye opening and you know i'm excited to help you share your story and and communicate it because it is it is a topic and it's not a it's not just a far away place in india or africa that we need to pay attention to this it's right here at home and and i and i really appreciate how you think about and talk about and embed equity and um and you know and and inclusion into into this discussion because that's really really powerful and the topic i like talking about on this podcast so well i'm so glad that it's gotten you to think about toilets a little more yeah yeah well and 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 on world toilet day no less exactly it's exciting i'm just sorry this will come out you know, a couple of weeks from now or a week and a half from now. And people will be like, it was World Toilet Day. I didn't do anything. I didn't <laughs> thank my toilet. But we can. We can we do that can. every day, right? Exactly. Just thank it. Yeah. And I'm actually going to be doing a fun thing with some with some colleagues and other organizations for after Christmas. We're going to do like a relieve yourself of 2020 with your toilet uh, adventure. Okay. Yes. We could, we could flush... 2020 Ooh. could we just like i think everybody's thinking that i think you're on to something there. <laughs> i really do i really do yeah all right well kim thank you so much for coming on and i really appreciate the discussion me too and uh yeah happy world toilet day again thank you The Purposing Podcast is a production of Actual Agency, helping innovators communicate in a changing world. More at www.actual.agency.